Hello and welcome to another episode of Manifesting Book Magic with me, your host, Nicole Perella Remke. So this week I received a question which was, okay, so is your book about manifesting? And actually, no, the answer to that question is no. My book that I wrote, my children's book, is not about manifesting. So I want to go into the story of how it came to be and and give you all the details and kind of where it's going from here. So about six years ago, my husband and I, we had our daughter, Sophie, and she was a honeymoon baby. She came into our lives quickly, and that was a total blessing because you know, as we got married later in life, it was just so nice to welcome this surprise blessing. Um, And we were prepared for any sort of fertility journey that was before us. So this was just such a gift. And she came in hot. (laughs) And within a few months, we started to notice some things about her. And we noticed that she responded to sound and specifically loud noises. And I was part of this baby group through the local hospital. I would go there every week and I found so much support in this group. It was led by a nurse and I got to ask all my new mom questions and weigh her every week and all these things. And I became close to this group of women that also had babies right around the same time. And so one day we had done a little play date, although when they're babies, they're not really playing yet. It's mostly for the moms to hang out. And this one mom had a really loud laugh and she was great. I really liked her. But every time she laughed, Sophie would start crying because her laugh was just too loud for Sophie. So I remember this specific play date because I had to, you know, take her to the other room and give her a little break and soothe her. But this actually happened a couple times within the same play date. And I realized, okay, this environment is just too much for her. You know, we were socializing and I did want to get her out and about so that she could be around noises and not just always the quiet, peaceful home environment. Uh, But these clues started coming early for us. And then as she started to get older, I noticed that this was a common trend for her, that she didn't like being in really loud, noisy places. And it really, really hit me when she was about two and a half and we had been lucky enough to have grandmas taking care of her while I worked up until that point, but we knew it was important for her to enter some sort of preschool environment. So we had her start at a preschool, sort of like a daycare preschool. And this was absolutely exhausting for her. Those first few months were like sensory overload for her. And there was one particular student in her class that was screaming from time to time. And the teacher said that that really frightened her. And luckily we had a really responsive, amazing preschool teacher who developed a cozy corner for her. It was like this little tent with pillows and comforting things in there where Sophie could go and take a break if 
the environment was too loud or too chaotic. Because when you have a group of small kids, it's just going to get loud. That's just kind of a fact. You know, there's lots of feelings, lots of activity. And we wanted her in that environment. We wanted her to be able to handle that kind of environment. But early on, she had to learn some coping skills to deal with that. And then we also noticed things at home. Things were triggers for her. Like she really disliked the vacuum, the hairdryer, the blender, even the fan above the oven. Like if you're cooking on the stove, she didn't like that fan. If we were out and about, she really didn't like automatic toilets. She really didn't like those loud hand dryers. And I never really realized how loud all these things were until I saw them and heard them through her ears. <laughs> and so on one hand, I want to respect and honor her sensitivity and just, you know, teach her those coping strategies and just really, you know, not try to change her, but just appreciate her and her uniqueness. But then on the other hand, I know that she needs to be able to operate in the world and be in these loud environments and not be scared and frightened all the time. So little by little, she's learned some things. And I've noticed that being in these environments, she's been able to handle it more and more and cope. And the loud sounds don't bother her as much. In fact, we went to a movie recently and she didn't wear her headphones in the movie. And that was a big deal. That was a big step because I don't know if you've ever been in a movie theater where, you know, the ads at the beginning and the previews are so loud, especially if it's like a action scene or something like that the music's loud the ads are loud and um the first movie we took her to I didn't have her headphones and she just had her hands over her ears the entire time and I was like well this wasn't really that pleasant or fun for her so after that I brought the headphones every time but you know even if I post videos of her at home a lot of times she'll be wearing her headphones like she enjoys vacuuming she enjoys helping and having jobs and that sort of thing but she always puts her headphones on first I'm like well that works for us but other people would respond to those videos and say oh why is she wearing her headphones and and so I'm part of me is trying to normalize these things because I know that a lot of other kids struggle also with this and so when we were cooking in the kitchen, she uh, same thing. She wanted to help. She wanted to have jobs, but especially with the blender and the fan um, or even the mixer, you know, like the if you're baking and you use the mixer, there were just lots of things where she needed her headphones. And that's OK. That's just part of her process now. So all this really inspired my children's book. And I wrote this book about two years ago. And in the book, there's a little girl that wants to cook with her mom, but she gets really frightened by the blender. And so she learns to use her headphones and together they make popsicles with the blender. They make this, these muffins. And this is real from our life. We love to make our own popsicles with fruit and chia seeds and water. And we love to make these muffins where they're kind of like healthy muffins and we blend it all together um, in the blender. So this story is a very sweet story and I even had in the back a guide for caregivers with these other tips and other strategies besides headphones um, that families can use. So this book is just this nice little gem and that's what I submitted to my first publisher a few weeks back. 
And as I was preparing to submit, I've been learning so much more about other kids that struggle with this, whether they have sound sensitivity like Sophie, or there's also something called sensory processing disorder, where kids can be sensitive to loud sounds, but also certain kinds of touch, certain kinds of smells, um, and it's kind of all senses. Or a lot of students on the autism spectrum also struggle with loud noises and like to use headphones. So I'm learning about all this, and then recently a friend of mine brought up um, you know, a new kind of category where kids might be considered a highly sensitive person. And so they're sensitive to energy and to sound and to other people and to feelings. And so I think this would definitely fall in that category as well, because Sophie also is sensitive to kind of other people's feelings and needs and desires. And um, she's just pretty in tune. I think maybe the sensitivity kind of all goes together in that way. And I love that about her. She's so sweet, she's so special, and she's very unique. And it's all kind of wrapped up in this little beautiful package. So that's the concept for my book. And as I've been moving forward and doing my research, I found a few other books like mine or similar topics. And I really want to be able to speak to these in the query letter I'm working on for my potential literary agent. So I went ahead and ordered three books on Amazon just so I could get a little bit more familiar. So the book I found that's most like mine is called Headphones, a book for children with autism and sensory disorders. And this is written by Kira Elibly. And this book is awesome. The things I like about it are that it doesn't have too many words on each page. It's very kid friendly. And this is actually a rhyming book. This is a self-published book. And as I flip through the pages here, I see that she did her own illustrations using Photoshop. So they're pretty simple, but they're very effective. And as an educator, I also see a page that has sort of a nonverbal cue, a card where kids can communicate their need for headphones without using words. So that is like a very cool piece of this puzzle. It also mentions fire drills, which is definitely a big trigger for Sophie as well. So normalizing headphones. Um, and I noticed that they sell this book at Walmart. So I'm like, go girl, this is awesome. So this is more of a factual story about headphones. There's no like main character. So that's one way that my book is a little bit different from this book. And my book, you know, is for kids like Sophie that don't have any sort of specific diagnosis, but maybe other moms have that, you know, notice these, these needs and these things in their children. And when I say moms, I mean caregivers, dads, grandparents, teachers, anybody. It all kind of goes together. And then these other two books are more specific. There's one called, I'm Not Weird, I Have SPD. And that stands for Sensory Processing Disorder. And when I read this book, I noticed right away there were a lot of pages or a lot of words on each page and a lot of pages. About half the book is the story and the other half of the book is for caregivers and teachers. And honestly, when I read this book, 
and I read it with Sophie. I just had so much compassion for the parents in this story because the child in the story is having some pretty intense reactions to smells, lights, sounds, and I just, I just felt for these parents because this is a lot to handle and this is a lot to deal with. And, you know, the main character in this story does get support with a therapist, an occupational therapist, I believe. And it gives a lot of hope at the end and a lot of strategies. So that book is really interesting. And then the third comparable book is called Why Does Izzy Cover Her Ears? Dealing with Sensory Overload. And this is written and illustrated by Jennifer Wienendahl. And this book takes place in a school setting and how this girl handles the noises and interactions that come with being in a school environment. It even mentions how the teacher made uh, adjustments to her classroom to better suit her needs. And this is really interesting to me because as teachers, we're always looking to figure out how we can best meet the needs of our students. And this gives some really concrete examples, which I love. It also talks about the work she does with her occupational therapist at school. And you know, at my school, we also have an occupational therapist. So I love the way this ties it all together. And it also shows me and reminds me how amazing schools are. We have so many unique therapists and providers that provide all of these great services within the school environment. And a child or a family in general education might not ever know that these things are going on at school, but as someone that works in a school, I see them and it is truly amazing. You know, at my school, for example, we have an LRC2 program, which is designed for students with severe special needs. And I am blown away by these teachers and paraprofessionals, what they do every day. It's incredible. We also have a program for the visually impaired. So we have a whole department basically running out of our school and students that, you know, need these services within our school. And it's so great to see that schools are truly for everyone, for all types of kids, and they are able to be served in that environment. And I'm just so proud to be part of that. So this book is very cool and also a great resource. Um, and I always look, of course, to see who's publishing what. So this is published by the Autism Asperger Publishing Company. So that is very interesting. So. As I learn more and dive into this part of the process, I love seeing books like this because it shows me I'm on the right track. There's a need. So technically these books could be considered quote unquote competition, but I really have an interesting relationship with competition and comparables. For me, it's a good thing. For me, I don't feel intimidated by competition. It basically shows me that there's a need. And if there's a need, there's lots of people needing help and support and resources. And my book is different enough from these books to have a place in, in this, have a place in the market, have a place in people's hearts, have a place in people's homes. And the other day I was thinking about it and I was thinking, okay, I'm one person 
but I've read hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of books in my life. And a lot of those books spoke to my heart. Some didn't, that's okay. Every person can enjoy many, many, many books. It's not like, you know, I only have room for these particular books in my life. No, I have room for lots of books in my life and other people feel the same way. So even though there are already so many authors and so many books and even some that are similar to mine, I think that's a good sign. I think there's room for me. I, I believe in an abundant universe where there's opportunities and room for everyone, where there can be artists and writers and creatives coming up with new and interesting things that are different, that are gonna connect with different people and different needs and different kids. And I'm just excited about this. I'm excited to be learning more, to be getting even more specific with it, to realize what I have to offer and where it fits into the bigger puzzle. And that's where I'm at in this journey. And it's just really exciting because I feel like I'm getting closer and closer. Every step that goes by, every week that goes by, I'm taking action. I'm getting clearer and clearer and that feels really, really good. So if you've ever been intimidated by this quote unquote competition or other people doing similar things like you want to do, I say, let that inspire you. Let that motivate you. Let that show you that there are people in the world wanting that, thinking it's a good idea, thinking it's worth creating, thinking that this has value and let that motivate you. That's what I'm doing. So as you move forward towards your dreams, go for it. There's never, there's never, what am I trying to say? It's never full. There's always room for you. So go for it. Have fun with it. Enjoy the process. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give me that five-star review or rating. It means so much to me, and it also helps us build our community and connect with more creatives, more writers, more people bringing big dreams to life. And like always, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Perella Remke. I would love to hear from you and send you a personalized audio message. You matter to me. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll catch you next time.